This is Stephanie, and this is the Mocha Minutes Podcast. Hey guys, before we get into the episode, I just wanted to let you know about something that's a little new here at the Mocha Minutes Podcast. We are now participating in Buy Me a Coffee. So, If you haven't heard, buymeacoffee.com is a place where you can show some um, support and some love monetarily to some of your favorite content creators. That includes me. (laughs) Um, So it's in the increments of either a dollar, three dollars or five dollars. And you can do as many as you would like. Um, So I just wanted to let you guys know would love, love, love some support. So if you would go to buy me a coffee.com backslash mocha minutes. I would greatly appreciate it. It will also be in the show notes. Okay, here we go. Every day is so wonderful. Then suddenly it's hard to breathe. Now and then I get insecure. From all the pain, I'm so ashamed. I am beautiful, no matter what they say. Words can bring me down. I am beautiful in every single way. Yes, words can bring me down, oh no, so don't you bring me down today. Hello, welcome to the Mocha Minutes Podcast. I am Stephanie. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm going to give you this right now. This is a solo dolo episode from my home. In my nice comfy bed, under my nice warm, but I think they're all warm, uh, weighted blanket. It's been one of those days, darling. I feel very luxurious, having a very soft life under my weighted blanket. So I will tell you, life has just been lifing um, between the up and down of the seasons on flow. You know, it's been a really weird week. So this is extremely late. But just know, I appreciate everybody who listens to this show. I really do. Um, So thank you for listening. Uh, Where should we begin? It's been a wild week. I I will tell you that. It has been a very, very wild week in the social means and entertainment. Um, Just a lot going on so let's just start let's do low-key wow i have not done low-key in a while actually you know what let me start somewhere else branches out so this is floating on me surely just basically branches out is just me being extremely shady to somebody who got on my nerves this week or was problematic or just hurtful to someone so I'm going to say this. I'm a Bravo liberty. I'm a Bravo lover. Not Bravo liberty. I'm not on Bravo. Unless it's something y'all need to tell me. Y'all see me somewhere. But no, I'm not on Bravo. 
I love the Bravo. I like reality TV in general. I also love web reality. All the love to Astro Astro from Chasing Dallas. I just adore him. I, I just adore him. Uh, so I'm a big reality fan. So something that sent ripples everywhere is the hashtag scandal of it all. And so this week's episode of Pump Rules, they said was not edited. It also was about extended about 15 minutes. <clears throat> There's a couple of things that was said during this episode that people are like, girl, what? So first, the inter- basically, I guess this is like the, it's supposed to be just the genesis of the scandal. essentially started after Boys Night. If you guys were watching that kind of, it's like a to be continued. Um, so we saw that start of that at the big end, end of the episode. The beginning of the episode, um, the ladies flew to Vegas to then drive to Arizona. I have a feeling it's because of cost. Because I guess my question was, I'm like, I I have no idea why I thought like Havasu was in Nevada. I'm like, that's why they're going to Vegas. I'm like, it must be not too far. Yeah, it's in Arizona. And I was just like, wait, it's two and a half hours to drive from Vegas to Arizona. Well, at least that part of Vegas, that part of Arizona. And now I'm like, huh. So that means if I want to be like on my budget, my budget Nista, I could fly into Vegas, have some fun in Vegas, and then drive to Lake Havasu. Because, I mean, Arizona is just beautiful when I think about it and what I've seen. Um, so they're in Vegas. La, la, la. <laughs> Raquel, or Rachel, as she is now to be known, because um, that's literally her legal name, hooked up with Oliver, who told her that he was separated. And his wife was like, she is. He is lying. I'm like, yeah, but please know, he literally said to her that he was separated. So he lied to her. So on one hand, it's like, you can hate Rachel for that. But on the other hand, it's like, now why would your husband that you were still very much not separated from lie to this girl? Yeah, because he's probably done this before. Allegedly. I sound like um, Carlos Rain. I sound like a raindrop right now. Um, So it was at night after i guess it was like it was three o'clock in the morning and oh, raquel was drunk which i'm kind of like we're just seeing more of her i'm like yeah guys she is not this doe-eyed bambi that everybody thinks she is she's not she's not she's literally just herself right so the argument between her her and lala is very interesting because this branches out, it's not about Raquel, it's about Lauren from Utah. And everybody really giving her a pass on several things. So the first thing is her saying to Raquel, if I had a man, I would not trust him around you when you're drunk. Now that is him. That is. It's not even Jeff Bezos, right? Because it's not that rich. <laughs> Um, so let's see it is Patrick Mahomes levels of wealthy for you to say that after you literally was sleeping with a married man separated probably but he still had a whole wife the ink was not dry okay second um, because that's alleged and apparently his ex-wife was like she did not break up our marriage i think allegedly is what people are saying homewrecker 
it's probably a stretch, but people, but to Raquel's point, people were calling her a homewrecker because Randall had a whole wife. Okay. According to the state of California. This is why it was rich. Ma'am, you are saying to her, if I had a man, I wouldn't trust him around you if when you're drunk. Madam, you admittedly said that you were drunk and you you got drunk all of the drinks. Sometimes you had some of the drugs, allegedly. And you fucked her man six years ago when you had troubles with the spirits. You imbibed a lot of alcohol. So for you to say that to her is probably why she snapped on your ass. It's like, ma'am, it'd be different if Katie had said that. I don't think she would have said anything if Katie said that to her. That is rich of you to actually say that to her after you admitted literally like maybe 28 days ago that you fucked her man while they were still together. Not after they broke up. I feel like that would be different. That was literally at the beginning of the relationship where she had an inkling that something was going on with you two. So for you to sit there in her face and say that shit, I'm like, God has snapped on you too. It's like, I'm so sorry. Raquel, like point to Raquel for that. One, you lucky she not that quick and she was like mostly drunk. Because the thing about this, she had every right to snap on your ass. Who are you to say that to her? It'd be different if you had not fucked it. Like, if you had not fucked James, I feel like she wouldn't have said nothing. But the thing about this is, is that also I want to understand why Katie is giving her so much of a pass. Because let's be very clear. Katie, you used to be one of those people who called her a whore too. This is, so this is the thing. I'm just like, the fandom, we are, we give people so much Oh my God, well, they got a point. We turn a lot of people who can be problematic and who had a track record of being like fleas. We are so quick to give them a broken clock title. Broken clock is right two times a day. What Raquel did to Ariana is shitty. And I know I've seen the conversations um, that said, we should be more mad at Tom Sandoval. Here's the thing. Yeah, two things can be true at the exact same time. Tom Sandoval is a complete piece of shit for what he did to Ariana by cheating on her. Also, because the fact that she actually knew that they were together, Raquel is a piece of shit. That is just like on period. She is not Christina Kelly, who has been away from this group. Raquel, you have been in this girl's house. She has offered you a beverage. I'm sorry. It should not be Sheena who allegedly pushed you. Ariana should have like literally beat your ass. Because I would have. I'd have beat your ass and I'd beat Tom Sandoval's ass. I would have picked up that. I would have picked up a guitar and literally molly whopped him. So the thing about it is like I get it when people say we should be more mad at the man. Yeah, more mad. That doesn't mean not mad at Tom Sandoval. But you can be very mad at your friend who literally knows that you are with this man, knows that you bought a home with this man, knows that you guys are raising furry babies together. You can still be mad at her because she knew. You can't say that she didn't know. It'd be different if literally um, Raquel was Allie. 
coming into this group. She don't know all the dynamics. She may not even known Tom Sandoval like nine months ago. She knew and continued anyway. Both can be true. They're both pieces of shit. Um, <clears throat> so this leads me to both can be true. Yeah. Um, we now see this is the thing. We're relying on the fact that we now basically have our time turners and we know in the future that Raquel did something very shitty to Ariana. Let me let y'all know something. Ariana was not in, in any part of this room. She was in California when all this happened. They're in Arizona. This has nothing to do with Ariana. Adding in what Raquel did to Ariana is to seemingly erase the fact that it is literally hilarious to watch Lauren try to say any of this to Raquel is not flying with me. It's not, it's not sizzling in my spirit here. Because quite frankly, I wish the hell I would take any shit off of uh, Lauren from Utah. AKA the um <clears throat> the reincarnation of Tupac. Her own words, by the way. Or I'm sorry, it's a phrasing of her words. She basically insinuating that she has a spirit of Tupac in her. And I'm like, girl, what the hell is happening here? Um, so there's that. I wish, I'm sorry, I would never ever. I'm like, girl, I don't care if I fucked every dude on pump rules. And now that I'm thinking about I'm, I'm sorry, hooked up with every dude on pump rules. And now that I think about it, the only <laughs> I feel like Raquel actually did do that. It still does not erase the fact that Lala, you fucked my man when we were still together. And then you told me a month ago, we're not together anymore. That's not the point. Girl, I would not be your friend. Because the thing about it is, is that you know who also lied to her? James. James made it seem like he there's nothing she had nothing to worry about. Nothing happened between me and me and Lala. Now you know it is about the pasta. Because now I want to know when did y'all two hook up? Before or after the pasta thing? So there's that. Um, yeah, that doesn't erase Lala being an asshole. And I wish the hell I would take shit off of her. But the bad part about it is what she did to Ariana by like literally, and I think they are still together, be like literally. Um, she like basically fucking Tom Sandoval because I do not think that Raquel broke them up. Tom Sandoval broke up Tom and Ariana because one, I I don't even think it's like she had the power to say leave your what leave your lady. I don't think that's it. This is all on Tom Sandoval for the dissolution of their relationship, but the dissolution of Ariana's friendship Raquel. Oh, that's totally on Raquel. And I'm sorry, Lala can be quiet. She just can. And I'm not giving her space and opportunity to be an asshole. When it's like, girl, I know you not. That's the thing. It's like, you cannot sit here and act like you did not do this to Raquel. And you telling her after six years after it happened does not negate the fact that now she's like, I was not wrong about her. Because she wasn't wrong about her. There's that. Okay. So let's start low key. And unfortunately, have to start low key about the fact that we lost Lance Reddick. Lance Reddick, for anybody who doesn't know, is a phenomenal actor. Um, it seems like he is more of a, he's very much a character. Um, he's a character actor, right? 
So it's kind of like, you're like, who the hell is Lance Riddick? I, I've never even heard of this man. I'm like, you have, you have heard of Lance Riddick. So let me tell you what you probably, oh, Lord have mercy. Probably like, um, Lance Riddick, who is that? He is an actor. So if you have ever watched The Wire, John Wick, you know who I'm talking about. He is a beautiful, bald black man. Um, so let me tell you the names. Because I was someone who didn't watch um, The Wire. But I did watch Fringe. So I knew that. So he played Cedric Daniels on The Wire. He played Philip Broyles on Fringe. I love Fringe until that last season and a half girl. But, um, and he plays, um, he was in John Wick. He has, and I'm finding out today, he was born in Baltimore. I did not know that. Oh my gosh. He went to Friends School of Baltimore. He studied at Peabody. Oh my gosh. This man, I did not know this. Look, look at this. I had no idea. So yeah, Lance Riddick passed away at the age of um 60. Um right now they have not said the cause of death as if it would they I think there the rumor is and by the time this comes up hopefully there will be more information but as of today which is Friday uh March 17th happy St. Patrick's Day uh is saying that natural causes may be the reason um for his passing as if this matters uh, I Passing at 60 naturally is just, I don't, I don't know about that. I don't, um, yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know how I feel about that. But yeah, we are, we lost uh, Lance Reddick and he is in the upcoming John Wick 4. So it's going to be odd to see him on the big screen in um, John Wick 4. Love to his family, um, condolences as well, and everybody who was mourning him because this was a loss. Because you just liked him on screen. There are some actors that are you would consider character actors, like Giancarlo Esposito, CCH Pounder. These are people that you're like, oh yeah, this person. People who are character actors and you know their character because they eat up scenery when they're on screen, and you just love them being in the scene. So, yeah, unfortunately, we <clears throat> we lost Lance Reddick. So, hmm. <laughs> so there was an educator by the name of Jean Allen or Jean who decided to, I guess, take a go at Quinta Brunson, who is the creator, lead writer, and co-producer of Abbott Elementary. Now, if you have heard Quinta talk about Abbott Elementary, um, she talks about the fact that her mother was an educator and the show is called the school, um, the fictitious school, I'm sorry, fictitious, fictional school in Abbott Elementary that takes place in Philadelphia Public Schools is named Abbott 
after one of her old teachers named Miss Abbott. So it's a public school. And right now there is a story arc about the fact that they want to turn a the um, Abbott Elementary, which is a public school, into a charter school. Charter school is a very, very interesting thing. They do a lot of lottery. They Charter schools, blessings and curses, um, depending on who you talk to. Um, but for people who are may not be able to afford charter schools because charter schools are not free. Um, it's, a, it's a bone of contention, right? So, <clears throat> and then one named Jean apparently wanted to have a go at Quinta Brunson because she put out a, um, I guess she has shared the fact that she took umbrage of the fact of this story arc about basically talking about the drawbacks of turning a public school into a charter school, especially in a black and brown neighborhood. Right. So GN started with this. I'll share it again. The creator and lead, the creator, lead writer and co-producer of Abbott Elementary at Quinta Brunson, because that's the thing. She tagged the show and her, is from West Philly and attended charter schools her entire education. She reportedly loved it at the time. He praised on it once upon a time. Guess money talks. Here's the thing. This is the thing about Twitter. You can actually lock the, make, make nobody be able to respond or say you can only respond if someone follows you or mentions you because you can't respond to her because, oh, honey, lock this up so quick. Anywho, Quinta responded to her and said, you're wrong and bad at research. I only attended a charter a charter from high for high school. Sorry, my public elementary school, my public elementary school was transitioned to charter over a decade after I left. I did love my high school. That school is now defunct, which happens to charters often. Because again, charter schools are not gift. Anyway, so Jean decided to follow this up with a six part twi- Twitter thread. <clears throat> yes, Quinta. It was a traditional school, but it's now a charter for a good reason. Heredy Elementary was taken over by Mastery to revive it. You gave them books last year, acknowledging charters are underfunded while then criticizing people who make up the deficit. The headline was Mastery Heredy Charter School, Quinta Brunson's old elementary school is getting a free book fair thanks to Abbott Elementary. Your charter high school focused on architecture and design closed because the district didn't consider how deaf deficient the education of the students coming in was and how much remediation and time was needed for them to recover. The Philly district has been notorious for closing charters without due diligence, including those run by people of color. I'm sorry, run by people of color. What did that have to do with it? 12% of charters are closed annually for sound data-driven reasons. The same accountability matters that should govern all public schools. You might want to research that personally, Quinta. Happy to discuss this or what? extraordinary education looks like in public, private, charter, micro schools anytime. This should be be about the children, not what sector educates them. Visit at Yas Prize to learn about that and more. Now this woman, so let me just say this. I'm reading this thread now because I can see it. Let me just tell you this. Homegirl locked her, she, she locked her, um, she locked her tweets so quick. She did this yesterday. It's been locked all day. It's now open, I guess, because she unpinned it because that's the thing. This thread um, was what was pinned before. 
um, she pinned it to the top of her uh, account. Now her pin tweet is to love God with all your heart and your neighbor as yourself is worth more than any sacrifice. It's so condescending. So the thing about it is, is that she did all of this. Um, and I'm not exactly sure why she did this. It came out of nowhere, I guess to us, because no one's paying attention to her. But this woman purports herself to be pursuing education opportunities, supporting innovative educators who deliver agitating for change. She's a founder of a few different things. She hopes to end Piazza Pod, first gen America. So this woman who said that she was educated in charter schools all her life, when Quinta flat out just told her, no, I was not. She literally stood 10 toes down. It's like, no, I'm right because of this. I'm like, no, baby, you're not right on my history and my education. When I went to this elementary school, it was a public school. And the thing about it is, is that this, so last season of Abbott Elementary, there were white educators, mostly white women, by the way, um, who came out to tell Quinta that this half an hour comedy should do more serious subjects because of how popular it was. They were literally telling, like, you should tell all the sad stories that happen in public schools in black and brown neighborhoods. Why? What? Like, for what? Be fucking for real. I see. I sound like Zell. Be fucking for real here. She does not, that's the thing. Quinta Brunson can like lean on her experience of what it was like to have a mother that was an educator and also remember how Miss Abbott touched her life so much so that she named the show Abbott Elementary without kowtowing to y'all. Because let's be very clear, this is a half an hour comedy. And even if it wasn't a comedy, it's not your art. Go and make your own art. If y'all want something ripped from the headlines, please go look at Law & Order SVU. They do those all the time. Start there. So this Jeanne Allen, for some odd reason, she took umbrage to the fact that this arc about charter schools on Abbott. Because the thing about if you watch the episode from this week, it pointed out something very interesting. They could build a, they could turn an elementary school into a charter school, but then some of those students who are able to get there because in here in Maryland, they call um, public schools zone schools, meaning that if you live in a certain neighborhood, you would go to a certain elementary school, middle school, and also high school. So it sounds like what was going to happen is that some of these kids that were in the area of Abbott Elementary may not have been able to go because one, they may not be able to get in or they wouldn't be able to afford it because they also talked about lotteries because so there are charter schools that have a lot of lotteries. Um, also, it was very interesting during that is that there was a parent there who had, um, and also sidebar, Leslie Odom Jr. is so damn fine. I'm sorry, I had to pause. I was like, he is so fine. This man is, Leslie, oh, Lord, mm, just sing to me. Anyway, um, there was a parent there who said that her, their kid was kicked out and he was trying to dance around that because Leslie Olsen paid the person who was trying to create a elementary school and turn to a, turn that elementary school into a charter school. He actually used to be a former student 
of that elementary school and then was going to turn that elementary school into charter school. He also was in love with um, Mrs. Howard. That's played by Cheryl Lee Ralph, the Cheryl Lee Ralph. Um, so the thing about it is, is like, one, Abbott is just a very good show. Also, this woman is an asshole. That's why she locked it. And then she just came back like, oh, girl, we're going to forget what you just said. No, bitch, we not. You got your ass handed to you. That is why you locked your account. If you were, the thing about it is you could have just backed down and realized this was Quinta's experience. And instead, you tried to make this about you and how you feel. Let me educate you on charter schools. Um, how about you take that, how about you take the education and stick it up your ass? Because literally, you got your ass handed to you by the internet. And I honestly don't see in a, I don't see you apologizing to Quinta for going out of your way to be an asshole to, to her. You don't. Um, so let me tell you. So apparently somebody, um, cause this was the other thing. Cause this is what she was pinned. Not that, sorry, I just got that mixed up. Not that sixth um, tweet thread. This is what she pinned and she unpinned it. Talented TV writer was peeved at my pointing out she attended charter schools while writing a show that consistently attacks. She quibbled with the facts. I responded. The real question is why isn't it all about the kids? Read the thread here. Her thread is full of shit. And also she tried to throw in like something like ran by people of color. I'm like, what does that have to... Girl, child, the microaggressions, child. So by the name of Defunk, as you settle in and relax for the evening, please read the replies only from people she follows, by the way, and the quote retweets. They are beating her ass in both areas and I'm delighted. She said, no, my friend, I change my preferences when disagreements turn to toxicity. You might get a high from ridiculous and caustic engagement. I don't, but if it makes you happy, you go for it. I'm about kids getting educated, not adults getting misrepresenting, getting misrepresenting others. Chow, chow. Um, ma'am, you are the one that was wrong. Not everybody else. The thing about it is, is like it turned into toxicity. Because a lot of times we do this thing where people, like when we talk about manic over explaining things that people are, you know, we call it mansplaining. When white people try to explain stuff to people of color or people in oppressed groups, or we, yeah, people of color, I'm sorry. That's what I meant. Um, it's white splaining. What Jean Allen did is called Karen splaining. You literally are trying to explain to me in your white ass voice about how much you care. I care about education. Part of education is actually listening and changing course. If she flat out just told you, when I went to that school, it was an elementary school, it was a public school, that should have been your time to turn around and take an about face. You didn't because you thought you were right and you were dead ass wrong. You can have your own opinion, but for you to like, one, you're like, I want, it turned into to. It turned to toxicity. You want to know why? Because you added her. You added the show and you added her. You wanted attention. You got it. And let me be very clear. What we're not going to do, we're so sick. We're sick of, so sick of love songs. We're so sick 
of watching black women get attacked. So what you're going to see is black women mount up like, so what you're not going to do is come after Quinta. You're not going to do it. You're going to sit your ass over there and eat your food. Go over there and enjoy a corned beef sandwich. Go enjoy Nona's sauce and get off and literally get off the internet. Because one, you could have dialed this back down and you didn't. Because you're like, I was right. You were not. No one's making you watch this show. Turn it off, honey, if you don't like it. Please go listen to NPR. Listen, if you want stuff that's historically like something that fits your narrative, please don't watch Abbott Elementary. It's a 30-minute comedy. Comedy. Girl, shut up. <sighs> and I'm so glad that she got her ass handed to her. Because sometimes people need to be told to shut the fuck up. It's okay. Be quiet. Okay, what else is low-key? <laughs> that was it was also low-key kind of funny. Um, also very funny is um <clears throat> my buddy Donnie saying that her hair looks like that she has a penis haircut. When I tell you I can't stop laughing, I was like, you know what? I need y'all somebody, I need somebody to go and unplug Donnie's Wi-Fi right now. Unplug Donnie's Wi-Fi because he's making me crack up. Okay. Um, that's it, and that's all. <clears throat> I also called her a twat waffle. And I meant it. I still do, girl. I mean it. <clears throat> so, next thing in... Oh. Next thing. This is not... um. This is not low-key. We're in the mid-key. Let's talk about uh, the Oscars. So it's mid-key because I'm very excited about this. So Kiha Kwan, a.k.a. Small Round, a.k.a. Um, Data from the um, Small Round from Indiana Jones. I think it's the Temple of Doom. And Data from the Goonies. That's what I knew him with because I've only seen... Um, one Indiana Jones movie through from, well, before they brought them back um, so all the way through, and that was Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade. Um, he won a Oscar this week. This man had stopped acting because he wasn't getting roles for like 20-something years, and he came back to this movie and won an o- Oscar. I can't, and I'm, there's something so just beautifully innocent about his genuine excitement about being in these rooms this man has an oscar now i'm just and the fact that he got talked into doing this again i'm so glad he did this also michelle yao is the second woman of color to win best actress for an oscar there's only two women of color that have won halle berry michelle yao for best actress not supporting actress best actress um Viola Davis, Whoopi Goldberg, Best Supporting Actress. Um, I'm going to look this up because I don't think there's um, any Asian women. Um, Rita Moreno, Best Supporting Actress, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, no, it is Best Supporting Actress. It has to be Supporting Actress. If I just, Stephanie just said it. Oh my gosh, girl. So we got two award-winning people. Now, 
the discourse about best supporting actress going to Jamie Lee Curtis. Now, let me just tell you this. I love Laurie Strode, okay? I love her. Um, so I do like Jamie Lee Curtis. She leans into being a Nepo baby. She is, she's never... So I think the interesting thing about Jamie Lee Curtis and her just saying, yes, I'm a Nepo baby, is her not acting like her being a Nepo baby probably got her into doors quicker, right? There have been other Nepo babies who act like, yeah, I mean, my father is this or my mama is this, but that doesn't mean I didn't work hard. No one didn't negate your hard work while you're there. We're just saying because of your parent, you probably got a better opportunity than some people. That is all we're saying. That You can just actually own that. And to a certain extent, Jamie does kind of own that. And the reason why people are like, we all know how we feel about that is because Angela Bassett was nominated for an Oscar for her role in Wakanda Forever. If you've seen this movie, you can see why. Um, I wanted her to win. However, I wanted her to win when she portrayed Tina Turner. She should have won for that. That's on period. Um, I have not seen everything, everyone, everywhere. I have not seen the movie. So there are people who are of two minds. One is like, it should have been Stephanie Hugh and girl what? Or, well, the other contingent is that Wakanda Forever is a comic book movie and I don't think people are ready for that. And I think that's going to be the fact that because before with um, all the Marvel and the DC movies, the big budget comic book movies, is that usually when it comes to Oscars, they're getting Oscars for costumes down, sound, editing, you know, action. That Basically, the stuff behind the camera, not stuff on camera, even though costume design is on camera. And congrats to Ruth E. Carter because she got her second Oscar for Wakanda Forever. Seriously, she deserves it. So the thing about it is those kind of things. That's what you expect from all these big budget um like the big the big comic book movies. I mean, even like they'll get nominated for best movie, but you don't think they're seriously running to win an Oscar for it, which is odd because they're very good movies. Because that would mean you shouldn't think Avatar should be in running for these movies. You shouldn't think that Star Wars movies or Star, yeah, Star Wars movies, Star Trek movies. I'm sorry, Star Trek, Star Trek, Stephanie. I don't have to overpronounce it. These kind of things, you don't think they should be nominated for Oscars, but yet they are. And I think they kind of, I'm trying to think of Avatar's ever won. I, I'm sorry, that blue Christopher Columbus movie just, okay. That's not what this episode's about, okay? Um, so you don't expect these movies to win. But to see someone in one of these comic book movies, and there's a special place for Wakanda forever because one, it's just beautiful. It's beautifully shot. It's beautifully, beautifully written. The, st- the score is gorgeous. And Angela Bassett acted her ass off in this movie. I don't care that people think that comic book movies are not cinema and theater. Yes, the fuck they are. These actors act. There are some people who just chew up scenery in these, in these movies. Angela Bassett is one of those people. But Angela usually chews up scenery when she's in any movie. She also kind of chewed up, no tea, no shade. She also, I kind of enjoyed her in Green Lantern. I hear people Googling Green Lantern right now, the movie, with Ryan 
with Ryan Reynolds. That movie is not a terrible movie. It was just like, girl, when is this movie going to be over? It fell into the fallacy that a few, the DC movies do. Too many themes, too many plots. Not a lot, not a lot of follow through of, oh girl, what is the point? What is happening right now? Too many plots, too many plots. I'm also recording this before I go see Shazam, um, Fury of the Gods. Zachary Levi's another person. I, yeah, yeah. Let me just leave that part alone. But one, I am happy to see so much Asian representation at the Oscars because it's long overdue. Because if you were to ask about, you know, Asian representation at the Oscars, you probably hear about Yul Brenner for The King and I. How long ago was that? He also is no longer with us. So, and I believe he won. Wait, hold on. Ah, Yul Brenner. Who, anybody who doesn't know, if you don't know that name, if you ever seen the movie The Ten Commandments, he played Pharaoh. So shall it be written, so shall it be done. Um, so there's that. The thing about it is, it doesn't have to be my community for me to go. It has been a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of wanting representation. So the thing about it is, is that there's something that I didn't know because I didn't watch the show while I'm looking this up. Apparently, um, this is on Variety. I didn't realize this because I, I didn't watch the show, so I did not realize this. But there is an article that says, after the Oscars controversial not-too-not-too performance, South Asian dancers are fighting for representation. Nearly a week after the Oscars, the hurt and disappointment of a missed opportunity still weighs heavily on the minds of some South Asian American dancers who are set, setting out to ensure it never happens again. Many in the South Asian dance community were dismayed by the astonishing dearth of South Asian representation in the Natu Natu performance at Sunday's Academy Awards. Award, sorry. While singers Raul, I'm I, okay. I don't want to ruin their names. I am so sorry. Ra, Rahul, simply, I I'm going to screw up his name, and I'm so sorry. I do not want to do that. Um, the singers of these. The singers of the hit um, from Hollywood, RRR. So the one who wrote, I don't want to screw up their name. Um, I feel terrible because now I'm going to have to find a way to pronounce it. Oh, yeah, I have to get a phonetic pronunciation. <clears throat> so the singers of the song that won best original song for Oscar. <laughs> so there were dancers, they were joined with on stage. They were in, there was not one dancer that joined them by performance of South Asian heritage. So I'll continue the uh, article. How could the Academy have gotten this so wrong, especially when 14 years ago, they nailed it with the stage of A.R. Rahman's Slumdog Millionaire hit Jai Ho at the 2009 Oscars as part of a widely celebrated four-minute medley. I agree. I remember that. The 2009 Oscars had Indian singers and it was a multiracial group of dancers and musicians explains Shilpa Dave, an assistant professor of media studies at the University of Virginia who specializes in the history of representations of race and gender in the media. They were really showing that music 
has this global force. That's why people didn't have an issue at the time. While Sunday night did mark a historic turning point for India, which also won Best Documentary Short for Kartiki, Gonsalves, and Gunitz Monga's The Elephant Whisperers, the glaring absence of South Asian performance on Hollywood's Biggest Night was the last draw for dancers like Ashinta S. McDaniel. Some people say, just be happy with what we got, and that's part of the problem. This idea of just accepting the scraps that are thrown to you. McDonald, McDaniel, the founder and artistic director of the Los Angeles-based Blue 13 Dance Company, tells Variety, just be happy an Indian song was nominated and won. Don't be mad about the overwhelming racism that appeared in the performance. Yeah, so that's the thing. That's the point. I think it's very interesting because, one, I did not know that because I didn't see the performance. Um. And I may have just missed it. Think about it. And I am not even going to sit here and say, I didn't see anybody talking about it. I can't even say that. I just do not remember it. But also I could have just not been paying attention. That doesn't mean that people weren't talking about it. Me missing it doesn't mean that it's not a discussion. Um, I'm just saying at the time of me recording this, which is on Friday, I had no idea. And that is honestly, no tea, no shade. It's pretty shitty. Like, seriously, like, why would y'all not? And I'm pretty sure there is not because it's a lack of availability of South Asian dancers. But again, when we talk about Asian representation, that, like, because of how big Sunday was, we got an Asian man winning Best Supporting Actor, Asian woman winning Best actress we have um best original song being won by um south asian uh performers and musicians best documentary south asian this is a big huge night so literally it's like do they love it of course but baby you do not need to mess this up by having non um south asian people there and also why wouldn't you Again, it makes no sense to me. I mean, who aren't I, but someone who really goes, no, they have a point. And I am sad that that could actually mar someone's performance. Here it is. You have this amazing performance and you literally are like, oh man, y'all should just accept it. But that's the thing. That's what happens when you are a person of color and someone tells you like, hey, um, this is nice but you should have done all of this. Oh, we'll just accept that this one little nice thing we did. As if these performers didn't bust their ass to get there. Because I think that's the other thing is that we have taught us that like, I think black and brown people, indigenous, Asian, we're always told just accept whatever scraps white people throw at you. Just accept it because I mean, it could be worse. As if all of these groups that I just said we didn't bust our ass and actually have to fight to actually just get us. Imagine just having to fight to get a scrap, having to make noise just to get scraps. Not even a whole meal, not even a whole, not even a whole like scraps, not even a whole ramekin of food, not even a whole plate, not a ramekin, not, not a salad spoon, but just scraps. You got to fight to do that. And someone's like, well, just be grateful. No. The just be grateful is over. We're not doing that anymore. And they shouldn't either. Nobody should. So I'm glad they pointed that out. For real. I am. Okay. So. 
let's talk high key, shall we? And this is in high key for three different reasons. Now, I just said we're talking about the Oscars. I put this in high key for a very good reason. So Sierra came, Sierra and Russell Wilson, by the way, because he was there, came to the Vanity Fair Oscar party. Homegirl came in a very sheer dress. She came, she walked in with, um, because she had on a thong, so her cheeks were out, because obviously, I'm like, girl, either you're going to wear all the underwear. I'm like, she's not going to be wearing no bloomers under this dress, so I don't know why y'all thought that. <laughs> um, so people had a lot to say, saying, like, you are somebody's wife. How dare you wear this? Now, when I saw this discourse, I thought it was very interesting because here's the thing. Um, no one didn't say she didn't have the body and nobody didn't want to see that. No, one didn't say that. They didn't say, oh my God, cover up a girl. Nobody don't want to see that. They said, you are dishonoring your husband by coming out that way. There were literally four or five different people who had on similar, if not the same style of dress. I'm sorry, similar to what she had or something in the same vein. They were kind of somewhat um, leaving little to the no, little to nothing to the imagination. And y'all didn't have nothing to say. I'm coming to find out that when it comes to Sierra and the fact that her, she did not stay with Future after Future cheated on her, allegedly, or they just broke up. I kind of don't remember why they broke up. I think it was because he was cheating. Or it just, it just didn't work out. The fact that she went from future to Russell Wilson, it really be overcooking y'all grits. It really does bother you that this woman went from future to Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson, who is a <laughs> current football quarterback, the position on the team that gets the most money, she could she can live comfortably. She ain't got to do a damn thing. She ain't got to do no work. She don't have to work. She don't have to do no merch. She don't have to do on that. And she didn't want to because this man is still a quarterback of a football team. He may be in Denver right now. Denver's Denver, but he literally is an active quarterback, and he got a very big chunk of change to come to Denver to play. She don't have to do anything. She could literally just have. Just literally be a stay-at-home wife and do nothing except look pretty on social media. And she don't. She still works. And that bothers you. Because one, Russell loves that woman. He actually adores her. Because one, her in that dress, you know who's standing right next to her? Her goddamn on husband. Because the thing about it, I find it very interesting that people are like, oh my God, you're dishonoring your husband. If Future was a husband, I don't think y'all would be saying that. Y'all be like, oh, okay, girl. Go ahead, show it all off. Because, yeah, some of the people who had on the sheer stuff, they had husbands, they have others, they have significant others. I didn't say nothing to them. Oh, and let me just go back to something. No one was saying, when I said that, no one said, oh my God, girl, cover up, nobody don't want to see that. You know why I said that? Because I said that to, um, I said that to Lizzo. And the thing about it is, and I maintain this, and I'm not, and the thing about it is, no one has proven me wrong, so I don't have to walk this back. The reason that people have a big problem with Lizzo is that she doesn't hate herself the way that society hates fat women. Y'all literally want her to literally wish that she looked like she, she, you want her to wish that she was skinny and cover up so y'all don't have to realize that she likes who she is. She actually has lost weight and people said, oh my God, why would you lose weight? I'm like, girl, what? <laughs> but 
Also, shout out to Hunter Schaefer. Ugh. Amazing. Amazing. Just amazing. Okay. Just, I just, I just love Hunter. So I watched it like people literally, it bends people out of shape that Sierra didn't just like, I don't know, evaporate after her and Future broke up. Why should she have to do that? She was fucking Sierra before she got with Future. She was still Sierra. Don't do this. Um, I think I mentioned it last episode about Chris Rock's um, stand-up where people were saying he had every right to say how he felt after what happened. He got slapped on national television. I said that. I'm like, girl, I-, I get it. It's like, if I was slapped on national television, I don't think I would shut the fuck up either. Um, I wouldn't. I think it's very interesting to say I'm not a victim, but lean into victimhood at the same exact time. I guess two things can be true. I mean, you can say I'm not a victim, but also have no problem being like walking in victimhood lane. I get it. So people literally were just like, well, I mean, he could say what he wants. I mean, how would you do if you were slapped on camera? I'm like, yeah, well, I wouldn't make a joke about somebody's wife that I was told don't make the joke. Um, I don't think I would do it in front of that person. But on on the same on the other side of that, if I was Willard Smith, I don't think I would slap, slap somebody on national television. I don't think I would have slapped him at the award. I cannot confirm or deny if I would have slapped him if I saw him at the Vanity Fair party. Off camera, on camera, I probably wouldn't. Off camera, me and you would need to have a discussion. And I think that is the reason why people seemingly seemed more empathetic to Will because one, that's not the first time he tried that shit where it was like, I saw a lot of people saying, well, I mean, well, I mean, it's like, you don't get to make these jokes about somebody's wife. Cause that's the thing. It's like, people make jokes about Will and he can laugh at it, but please know, are y'all making these jokes in his face? Absolutely not. He might laugh it off later, but it's kind of like, yeah, take a minute. So people like oh like said, oh yeah, go ahead and say, like, oh my God, I mean you have very right. I'm like, but the thing about it is the same person who has made not one but two jokes about somebody at an Oscars award show, the second one, he was not the host. Let me just be very clear. Chris Rock was there to give out an award. He is not the host. Even if he was the host, you would still be out of pocket. But again, he wasn't the host. You you're not paid to be a presenter. You just show up, give Questlove his daggone award for best documentary and walk out the door. That's what needed to happen. But as you can see, that's not what happened, right? <sighs> so there were people going, oh, that's right. He can say what he want. And like, what, what would you do? And I was like, uh, I would not make any kind of joke about someone's wife especially girl I just I wouldn't it's like you want to go I wouldn't do that how about that I would not do that I would not make fun of somebody's um I would not make fun of anybody of their wife or something like that especially also go here I would not literally keep making jokes at the expense of black people to make white people laugh how about that? 
So there's a like, people jumping through hoops and say, Chris Rock has every right to feel how you want to feel, say what he want to say. Let's juxtapose this to Nicole Lewis. Nicole Lewis is a um, therapist. She's a Black woman therapist. And so she put out this tweet. And I'm going to read this tweet exactly how it is written. I am no longer accepting male clients. They get in my email inbox and want me to prove why they should choose me as a therapist. No scheduled consultations or nothing to see if we are a good fit. I am not the one or the two to prove my worth to anyone. We would not work well together because you already tried me and I'm not going above going off and I'm not above going off on anybody. If you trying me before the therapeutic relationship starts, I know you out here being a menace to folks and that's going to activate my nervous system. So now nah, it's a wrap. Now this woman flat out said that. Now I read something. Now, if you use your context clues, you're listening to something. One, she said, I'm not accepting male clients, meaning she's not accepting new clients. She's also saying that she has never met with these like men get in her inbox. Meaning she's never met with these men. She's not done an intake meeting. She's not had a single appointment with these people. These are people who literally found her name on the list because I think she paid for a month for, um, there's a listing for black men who want therapy. So I think she had played for a month of her, I think that's what she said, that she paid for a month to be on that um, directory. So black men saw her because, I mean, they're, I don't, you know, there's some names that are your six, like Ashley, Lindsay, Courtney, um, Jamie, names that are unisex. Nicole is not a unisex name. So you knew there was a woman. So you're contacting her. You Because one, well, I'm pretty sure her contact information is on, um, is on the site. On the site is probably on the directory as well. So men lost their minds because she said, I'm not taking any male clients because she's a black woman. It, the, the black was silent, apparently. Um, and people were like, oh my God, how dare you say you don't want to work with black men? And black men decided to, basically, the black men who went to her basically decided to prove a point. How dare you not want to see this? Why, this is why y'all funky now. Y'all saying we need help and y'all don't want to help us. Let me say this. I'm a black woman. And when I was choosing, I never contacted any person. I've never contacted a therapist directly to talk to them before. I went through my um, my benefits page because most benefits, you get um, benefits through your employer. You would go to Excuse me. You would go to a site where you can actually choose. You can actually put in preferences. As a black woman, I preferred a black woman. That is my preference. You can actually put that in. Because the thing about this is therapy, you should be able to, this is a third party, someone who doesn't know you, someone who will give you um, general advice. Sometimes it helps if a person looks a certain way. Some people, to them, it doesn't matter. Uh, to me, it mattered. There are a few people, it matters to them where they're just like, oh, I'm like, I'm like, I'm a black woman. I want a black female therapist. I love my therapist. We've been in a relationship for quite some time. It's one of my longer relationships. It works for me, right? So the stuff that happened around her tweet where people conflated to, this is what she meant. It's like, no, I think she said exactly what she said, but y'all heard what y'all wanted to hear. 
Somebody tweeted out, Nicole Lewis's hate towards Black, because he put Black in parentheses. It's like, she never mentioned Black. Could very well be rooted in her sexuality. This is yet another mental health professional with affiliations to the LGBTQ who uses their platform and degrees to spew anti-Black rhetoric. One, he should have spelled Black with a capital B. That's the, you know, there. But I find it very interesting that um, he is listing his hate for her, her, her alleged hate of Black men we listed that because she has a rainbow in um, her TikTok bio. So, again, <sighs> conflating her sexual, what she, who she chooses to sleep with as the reason why she hates a whole gender is wildly hilarious. Also, I said prefer. This is who she chooses. This is what she wants. Um, this is what she wants to like. It's not a sexuality not a choice. Let me say that. This is who she goes to bed with. Allegedly, I don't know that. I don't know that. But also, you see a rainbow. Like, see, because she's a lesbian. That's why she hates us. I'm like, so it sounds like you have a problem with LGBTQ plus. She doesn't necessarily have a problem with men, right? So there's that. Um, men really went out of their way, and some women went out of their way to literally prove her point. I'm not exactly sure why. Y'all are actually kind of weird for this. And y'all, I'm not exactly sure what y'all wanted her to do. The thing about it is I saw quite a few videos of folks who were actually saying the men who are the passport bros Y'all should actually look inward and say, well, I mean, if they're going to go to all these different countries to go and find new women, don't y'all think that's somewhat of your fault? But this Black woman therapist who was saying, I'm tired of people like, like, I'm tired of dudes who find my contact information on internet getting me full circle fucked up and think that I have to jump through hoops or bring a chicken to their court to be their therapist to help them heal. I'm not doing that anymore. Y'all actually told her this, like, how dare you? It's like, girl, what in the hell is happening here? It's just like, um, I don't, I don't even understand. So Nicole Lewis has been getting it left and right. She also got a lot of support, not just from me. But other people, and I think people noticed that um, other male therapists, you didn't see like this barrage of male therapists coming to say, um, first of all, when it comes to therapy, people can have a specialty. In her bio, this is what she says her specialty is. I help Black women overcome perfectionism. And then she says, join the Black women's mental health membership. Ahem. Her specialty is Black women. When it comes to therapy, there are some people who literally have a certain specialty. There are some people who work exclusively with young men. Um, I know a guy. I'm like, I'm pretty sure if you listen to the Captain's Couch, he talks about who his clients usually are, which are young Black men. It's usually young men. There are people who only like people who do like maybe um, therapy for survivors of sexual assault or domestic violence those who work swiftly with people to help them on their grief journey, people who help uh, those with um, 
unhealthy relationships with food. That is a specialty. Dealing with your bullshit because you literally hate women, but you want a woman to be of service to you is not a specialty. It also is not how any of this works. So Nicole um, tweeted out a passage of something from psychology today. And she said, I made it to psychology today. I wonder why me setting a boundary is a quote unquote pressing issue. So this is the um, screenshot she tweeted out. Whether on Twitter or in Washington Post articles, the hot topic of the week appears to be therapists on social media and whether you love them or hate them, they're everywhere. Janine Kreft told her TikTok audience of almost 660,000 followers that one can soothe travel anxiety through calming rain sounds and chamomile tea. And therapist Nicole Lewis told her nearly 34,000 followers that she would no longer be treating men as they, in her words, activate her nervous system and cause her emotional distress. While Kreft's video tend, Kreft's videos tend to ruffle a few feathers, Lewis's claim understandably received some backlash. It actually isn't understandable, especially from fellow therapists. While choosing patients based on demographic information is a bit morally complicated, there's a more pressing issue. Lewis publicly stated her choice knowing that it would be heard, seen, and metabol- metabolized by thousands on the internet forever for any future client to fuck. Fu- to view as any influencer is aware with followers come social power and what happens when that power is in the hands of a therapist okay so several things about what i just read so the first thing is she said janine kreft has over six hundred and fifty thousand followers and she told people that they could just listen to rain sounds and drink tea if they have travel anxiety and that, you know, that's a little bit fine. But Nicole Lewis saying a boundary of, I don't think I'm going to accept any new male clients because, and one, they kind of are like literally making it seem like it's so small and it's not. Um, is actually one of the funniest things I've ever seen. Also, I think it's very interesting that when it comes to black women if we put up a boundary of we're not going to take something people literally act like how dare you not sit and be in of service to us because i'm not okay and if you're wondering what's the difference between janine Kraft and uh nicole lewis The answer is, yes, she is. Janine Kraft is a wife woman. So to tell someone to drink tea, so that will help. Um, yeah, just tell them to drink tea because that'll soothe your social anxiety. That's, you know, it's like, I mean, it's a little rough, a little feathers. But... Like black women setting boundaries where people cannot get in is always going to be met with like bristling. Because the thing about it is people don't mind a boundary as long as that boundary is not is not applicable to them. And her setting a boundary of I'm not going to take any new male clients leaves out people who won, let's be very clear, weren't going to come to her anyway. Y'all didn't want her help. Why y'all acting like y'all did? That is so to me 
I'm sorry. Let me. Were y'all seeking out a black woman therapist, or were y'all being agitating? It's the latter, if you guys want to know. I am glad that she is setting a boundary, and I'm glad she's not walking it back. But I think I need people, the men who reach out to her, and the pickneys who want these men to literally get into their DMs and propose dickening to grow the hell up. She does not have to. Black women are not only valuable if they're in service to you. She has a boundary. She takes on a lot as a therapist. All therapists do. I need y'all to grow up and leave this woman alone. This felt good to lay and just talk. Luxuriously have a soft life. (laughs) I'm all about the soft life, at least for right now. But you guys, I think this is an episode. So thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Mocha Minutes podcast. I appreciate you. If you would like to buy me a coffee, I would enjoy it. Buymeacoffee.com backslash Mocha Minutes would love it. And as I said previously a few episodes ago, the Patreon is coming. It really is. So this has been a Mocha Minutes podcast. I will be back. Okay. Bye.